on that, and then we open it up for um, uh, uh, that they may have on the twelve steps. So, um, so if you go to page forty, Paul, forty one, forty five. All right, and we'll go to the first paragraph on page forty five. I don't have it, but just read it. Yeah. All right. Well, it says this. It says lack of power. That was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Obviously, but where and where we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. We have written a book which we believe to be a spiritual as well as moral, and of course, that we are going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as, as his alcoholic problems and a fellowship. Faith falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God, for we have reowned a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. There we go, Paul. Hope that helps. Yeah, Mike. Well, that's the dilemma of powerlessness is the key. So there's an assumption that we have power, but no one's really listening to us. Yeah, and so we start experience powerlessness, which is frustration. And and the thing is, the reaction from the head to the powerlessness is to try to exert more control or more managing. Yeah, and it talks about that, that uh, one of the major delusions, even when you're faced with tons of evidence that you're not managerial quality, the head will just say, if I only could manage better, everything would work out. Yeah, so this is, uh, why try to change that? Just see it as not you, yeah? Why try to change shit that's not gonna be easily changed? Just see it's not you and you bypass it, yes? Yeah, so this is one of the things that hit, hit me, you know, I had uh, a singular event that, was succinct and quick and therefore it made an impression where the head just stopped and something you know the screen went blank and then there was a like a cnn news flash and it was just that i'm fucked and i'm not managerial quality yeah and something that thing went to somewhere other than the head we call it the innermost in recovery and it says you know the idea of the of the first step of admitting you're an alcoholic and an addict, and then it's further cleared up in the book by there's a there's an admittance in the innermost self, yes, about that, and that's really where things change, because a lot of people will say they're an alcoholic to get another drink, yes, or use you know they're a drug addict to excuse themselves from a lot of responsibility. But no, there's a, there's a conceding into the, in the innermost self that you're fucked. That's what happened with me. And it got established, yes? And then I saw the dilemma of powerlessness is I assume or I think I have power. And I keep this, I don't, but the head keeps exerting it. And it runs into the experience of powerlessness, which is when you don't have power and you exert it, shit doesn't go your way. People don't do what you want. They talk about the play and you're the director and all the people have their roles, but they're not following your script. Yeah, it's just that simple. So the dilemma of powerlessness is just that, a misunderstanding or recognizing where the power is and where the power ain't. And once there's an admittance that you're powerless, you don't experience powerless anymore. You experience a new power flow in, a sense of a conscious presence, these things start happening. So the weird logic of recovery is you have it by giving it away. By admitting you're powerless, you have a sense of power, yeah? It's just the way it goes. And it, it, that strange uh, logic follows throughout the program. Yeah. 
What drug addict, what cocaine dealer says I have it by giving it away? None. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But in a sense, the sense that we have is based on giving it away or being open and available, which is being of service. Yeah. So basically being of service, the giving away is a posture or a stance. It's not something you're doing. It's a posture you're in. You're in the posture of being of service, which is giving it away. Yeah. And this is how we have it. And I disagree with one of the things in the book, which says you have to have it to transmit it. I don't believe that. I believe if you're willing to transmit it, you'll have it. Yeah. That's my sense. Yeah. So this inner resource, uh, what's it talking about? Where is it? If it's in the inner of something, what is that something it's the inner of? It's us, yes? <laughs> That's the thing. The, the, the power, the source that we're looking for is exactly right where we are at all times, meaning right now, with no requirement to meet it, basically, because truly we are it, yeah? <laughs> so the higher power, we disguise ourselves to get it through the fucking, you know, uh, terminal gate of the t you know of the agents of self checking out the papers and hopefully you grow out of the idea of a higher power of your own understanding and you you adapt another idea which is a higher power of its own understanding yeah which now becomes revelatory and goes along with the whole spirit of aa which is admitting we can't do something and allow something to do that yeah so something is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. So my process was, oh, yeah, the higher power. And then, obviously, I could only see anything and everything from my own understanding. And then my own understanding came into uh, investigation. And I saw it wasn't my understanding. It was self-centered understanding, yes, that I share with many, many people. So the idea that it was my understanding didn't really hold water anymore because a lot of people seem to have my understanding. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> you know, quickly in the process of the program, I realized I don't want to have a power greater than me defined by my window of entry and exiting. Yeah, I much rather surrender and let it, you know, become revelatory, yeah? So this is a change of heart and a change of mind. And then with that change of heart and change of mind, you get a new attitude and a new outlook and a new freedom and a new happiness, yeah? And just like you adapted to the bottom, you adapted to a little, you start adapting to freedom and relief, yeah? Yeah, so... The idea of the God thing is, again, uh, you know, if you're dying of thirst, uh, are you going to say no to that glass of water because he's wearing a green jacket? You know, no. If you see the condition you're in, uh, I'd hope you would bypass the idea of God or not. Yeah. But hey, I was I didn't have it. That's not my experience. I did not have like a real bad feeling about God. Yeah, so, but I know others are, and the head will use anything it can to prevent us realizing we're not that. Yeah, it will. So, uh, yeah. So I think that's it, Mike, whatever. Is that it? Did that, what, can you read that again? So we covered it. Yeah. Sure. All right, so it's page 45, first paragraph. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual. Hey, Mike, stop for a second. The important thing to me is the how and why 
of defining this solution. Why not not define it? Yes. Oh. You know what I mean? If the def if an old definition of this power hasn't worked for you, yeah. So this this is why your new definition is definition is is a uh, is an under your own understanding of this power to get through that old roadblock of the old definition with the hopes that you're going to lose the interest in definition because you're now in a living event where you're sensing something and feeling a presence and feeling new power flow in. Why would you need a definition for that? Yeah. Would you want a definition of relief or would you want relief from definitions? Relief from definitions. Yeah. So that's a say that sentence again. To me, that's important. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means we have written a book which we believe to be as spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problem, explain our fellowship. But his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God. For we have reopened a subject which with which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. Yeah, but what's that sentence about the defining this power that we need? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is it to enable you to find a power greater than, or, or, or the first paragraph, I'm sorry. Okay, so lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? All right, so where and how are we going to define this power? Yeah, so this is how they skirted that is by giving this idea of a higher power of your own understanding. Yeah, so you're not going to have to live it by another person's definition or as or a institution's definition of God. You're going to entertain the idea of this higher power with your own definition. Yeah, great. So you're in the door and then this thing works. This program works. So I don't think you need to have a def definition after a period of time. Or the definition is like open-ended, which is I have turned my will and life over to the care of a higher power of its own understanding. So I'm giving up the idea of a definition for this power. Yeah? Because I'm now sort of dancing with this power. Yeah? Yeah. So they gave this incredible principle of a higher power of your own understanding to get people in the door. But then when you're in the door and the effects of the program start working, it's going to lead you to other conclusions, eh? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I see it. So how and when to define, I think, uh, not to define is now and how easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, do, yeah. would you rather define, do you want to have a definition of love or be in love? Yeah. Do you want to have a definition of power or feel power? Yeah. And the unsuspected inner resource can, is still the inner resource. We don't need to name it. We can feel it, yeah? And we can track the events of, of our lives to that condition, whatever it may be, of being that condition that is, do, is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Yeah? Right. Yeah. What, and part of the dilemma is giving name and form to fucking everything. So in this case, I'd rather keep, you know, the unsuspected inner resource as a mystery guest. Yeah. Yeah. That will reveal itself to us without having a title or a Mr. This or a Mrs. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's my opinion. That's my humble opinion around that. It was a very, very quick process for me. 
the idea of having a higher power of my own understanding, I saw the futility of that quickly. Yeah. And so I just opted for, I'm going to just take a higher power of its own understanding and let's go. Yeah. And that's basically, I've been carrying that loose definition ever since for like 30 something years. Yeah. Yeah. It was very quick, you know, if you, because what happened is things got better. <laughs> really, things got better. Recovery works. It does. It really works. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and so better through no fault of your own. When some when something's working, uh, I I wouldn't want to get lost in debate and how and why it's working. I would just rather ride the re the relief that it's bringing. Yeah, but that's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's, yeah, they, uh, knowing that there was a giant, uh, there was going to be a giant swath of us, uh, customers of AA called the CIA, the Catholic Irish fucking alcoholics. They had a really, and going to those schools, it was easy to come up with an idea of what they thought God was. And you may not have been that happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, the whole point we're, we're attempting to keep ringing the bell of is a statement on page 64 of our book where it's describing like the spirit of an inventory process. And it's very clearly set out. It says being convinced, which is a very important requirement in the in, in an alcoholic's recovery from this disease of self-centeredness. Yeah. Being convinced what self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So they're making a very clear distinction between the defeater and the defeated, yeah? So self is what has defeated us. We're in the us camp, but we're all suffering from this ideation of self, so to speak, yeah? And that ideation in self is leading us to be defeated by self. And how it defeats us, it's manifestations. And if you agree with this theme, it says we are now going to look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations in our life. Yeah. Very clear, isn't it? Very clear uh, description and, and direction of how to look at the inventory we're going to do as step four. First, being convinced self is what has defeated us through its manifestations. Okay. I'm there. We are now going to look at self's manifestations. The next paragraph starts with the word resentment. So resentment is a manifestation of self in our life. Where does it say it's yours? This it is the sticking point. It doesn't. Why do we go into an inventory process as described in this sentence with my resentments, my fears, and my harms done to others, and we leave with a thorough inventory with my resentments, my fears, my harms done to others. That is the problem traveling with the solution, isn't it? Yes. You've now done what you think is a part of the solution, and the fucking infection has come through that process with you, hasn't it? You now have my resentments, but now you know them. You have my fear, but maybe you now know it's mental anxiety, but it's still yours. Yeah. And definitely what you did while under the influence is still held by what's interpreting your life as you as the doer. No matter how insane it was, you are still seen as the doer in the head's eyes, yes? 
Yes. So you went through the car wash and the car's still dirty. Yeah. And if you keep going through the car wash, it's probably going to stay still dirty because you have to see, I humbly believe you need to see something that what has defeated us is foreign to us. Yeah. It speaks as us. It presents itself as us, but it is not us. And I found great relief and compounded greatly relief for many, many years now based on this premise. Seeing it this way has brought a lot of fucking relief into this life and has reinstalled the ability to enjoy peace of mind and every fucking thing else. Yeah. And that's why we harp on it because I never heard it presented and I feel it, it needs a platform. And you can do with it what it will. We've already been successful. We have delivered it. Yeah, that's all that was needed for me is to deliver it. What it does or what you do with it is up to you. Yeah, but I believe you have the right to hear everything. I do. I believe you have the right to hear this. And if it gets, you know, people describe oh, I was taken over by a demonic possession or some fucking this or that. Don't you see it? It's not us. Yeah. How can your thoughts be held by many people if they're your thoughts? If you have unique feelings no one else has, why do you hear a lot of people at AA meetings describe your feelings quite well? As if they were their feelings, because they were. Yeah, because they're not mine. The defeat is a shared defeat. It's a shared defeat clothed in terminal uniqueness. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, so this is the humble thing. We, we do not have opinions on the 12 steps or anything, the traditions, the concepts. We have an opinion about the exact nature of the wrong. We do. And we're putting it out here. Yeah. And do, do as you presented to do, but redo the inventory down the road and maybe look at your resentments as just resentments as a manifestation of self in your life that has defeated you and see if it doesn't produce different effects. Maybe you're going to have a lot more lightness in your life if you stop calling that which has defeated you yours. I humbly believe it to be true. Yeah. And I'll come here forever as long as I'm alive and able to do it. I will. I have no, there's no debate about sharing this or not. It's like a directive. It's like a seat assignment. I just show up and I put it out there. I learned not to, uh, to not to be in the outcome business. <laughs> I've learned completely not to have any opinion about how you hear it no all i do is deliver it yeah hopefully it works for you i'm not saying don't do how you did the steps i said maybe do it do it with this view yeah take a little segment and see how it works do you really believe that you hate yourself Really? Do you really believe you are your own worst enemy? That's insane, isn't it? Could you imagine living every day based on the premise you are your own worst enemy? <laughs> that's, that's fucking, that's completely insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, how, like, that's a bad handicap in golf, I would say. Yes. All right, you're going to start hole one. You're your own worst enemy. I hate myself. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So I appreciate the whole program. The I believe there's a power that comes through the program that saves our ass. Yeah, the program itself can't do it. What comes through the program does it, yeah? Yeah, I feel it. So yeah. 
it we it allows us to have an access to that unsuspected inner resource, which must be it must be inner in us, yeah, right where we are. And now that's that unsuspectedness as seen as a fucking mental fucking strategy. Yeah. The mental head does not want to, does not want us to find out the inner resource. It wants to keep it unsuspected. Yeah. But our life has led us to such a bottom, something has broken and some light has come in and the grace has appeared. And now we find that unsuspected inner resource. Yeah. And now great faith builds in that inner resource that overrides the powerlessness of the old employer. Yeah. And you don't have to look for your solution. It sits right where you are. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. You don't have to go anywhere to find the inner resource. So this is the point. If you do fourth step and then fifth step and you start being able to recognize the alcoholism before it uh, manufactures some behavior, you know, just in the head and you bring that shit to eight to six and seven, you'll skip eight and nine because you won't fucking do something that you need to make an amends for. And you won't need to write up a list of what you did that you need to make an amend for because you don't do much of that anymore. Yeah. So you really skip a lot of eight and nine and you're in a habit of being sober, which is 10, 11 and 12. Yeah. Your spirit's condition doesn't need to be maintained. What needs to be diminished is the mental condition. And that's what the program does. Yeah. The temple of worshiping self is in the head. Literally, it is. So you lose interest in self, what happens? You gain interest in other people, into what you can contribute to life. So many possibilities are pivoted in, in you losing interest in self. Yeah? And there are some warnings that we share, which is you, identified as self, cannot lose interest in self. That will be interest in self. Yeah? So when you recognize what you're not, you lose interest in it, not from it, but from you. Yeah. The us becomes your new center instead of the self as your center. So now you're centered instead of self-centered. And a lot of what you see in the next years is what you bring the six and seven, because it's not of you. You hear the craziness of your head. Yeah. Without the headphones. Yeah, <laughs> you do. And yeah. what you, when you see its basic patterns of defeating us, you bring it to step six and seven. That's the recycling process of recovery. Yeah. What does recovery mean? It means a lot. It means you're going to recover from something that was seemingly lost. You're going to recover that. Yeah. So we're in the process of recovery. What are we getting? We're recovering the process of our, the energy of our life that has been fucking ice cubed and put into a mental tray. That fucking, the program is storing out that frozen water and now that water is moving. Yeah, we're feeling that presence in our life. We're feeling a power flow in, exactly. So we're surrendering what has been frozen in our life by the previous employer to the process of the new employer. Yeah. And that energy is getting recovered. Yeah. It was never lost. It was just put into something else. Now the higher power is extracting it out of that something else and putting it back into living. And you and I and people we know are the better for it. Yeah. This is a program of recovery. Recovering what? What we thought was lost. Energy, power, all that. Yeah. 
It's essential for us as real addicts and alcoholics to stop drinking and using a day at a time. It is essential for the process to really continue. It's essential, yeah. But once that's get once you're in the habit of that condition, then the operation can go full steam, yeah. And as long as you have the attitude of laying on the operating table, not getting up, not playing doctor, it's going to go pretty well. Yeah, it may not look it on the outside, but you're going to feel it somewhere in the inside. Yeah. This is the process of recovery. Recovery of what? Recovering and recovery. Yeah. Did you do the ninth step? Whoever was sitting here. I remember what I felt when I did enough of the ninth step where I made amends to people and to situations that I had harmed, yeah? Or, ret or recompensing something. I felt the recovery of my life's energy and being brought into the moment I was in. That's what I felt. I couldn't believe it. I was living with a, like a 60% full tank, thinking it was a full tank or a gas tank. Suddenly there was a big whoosh of more juice, yeah? And I got filled up much higher than 61%. And I felt a zest for living. I was finally in my own life, so to speak, because the recovery of all that was seemingly lost was retrieved by doing the amends, by doing step nine, all that, all that gold and value that was hidden in the past by the head was retrieved by the process with by a by the higher power through the process and brought back to be valuable in this moment yeah this is what we're dealing with submit to the situation that you're fucked and open up for something that can do for you what you can't do for yourself and then just honor the demonstrations of that and try to pass on that was freely given to you yeah, you can't practice these principles in all your affairs right now. Limit the affairs until you can. Man, you know, there's it's all the moment and moment, yes, but in time, uninterrupted sobriety is pretty cool. 35 years of momentum is pretty cool, yeah. It is. It has something there. So for the people who are sober, let's just stay sober and begrudgingly or happily admit to the solution's effects on you. Have you been restored today to sanity concerning the insanity that precedes the first drink? That's the specific target of recovery. Have you is has that happened? So recovery has already delivered the goods. Yeah. You're not drinking. <laughs> and then so much more has, has come with it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Are just season. Are you ready for a question, Paul? Yeah, we have a couple of hands. Yeah. All right. Our friend Jacob is first up. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Michael. Hey, Paul. Hey, thanks again, Michael, for stepping in today. Um, yeah, I'm just in a I'm in a position of gratitude today. And you know, four years ago, something did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And uh, over the last couple of nights, I I've been reminded in stark and vivid color, um, what a life looks like run on the lower power. Uh, Alex and I started watching the show alone. I don't know if you've heard of that, Paul. No. Really, they put people out in the woods and they got to go as long as they can, right? And it doesn't seem like there's many analogies to addiction at first on the surface, but if you look at it through the at lens of addiction, you're going to see the same thoughts occurring through all the people that are out there. You're going to see also, if you were an addict like I was, 
You're going to see people living in tents. You're going to see them going through all sorts of malnutrition, which I thought at the time when I was on the streets, I thought that was due to due to the drugs themselves. But it was malnutrition that makes your your hands tense up, that makes your body ache in strange ways, um, hallucinations, you know, all that shit. Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 crazy to see to see people, you know, subjecting themselves to that. And then also to get a visceral reminder, to get almost a free sample, a reminder of the pains and the turmoil that that happen when you live alone, when you live that type of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just, yeah, really grateful to, to see like, Yeah, to, to get that reminder and to be able to see it and to see that it wasn't me, that I was indeed taken over by something and to not have any any responsibility for it, to have already made myself accountable and made myself available and, and given myself over to, to the, the God of my understanding. Um, so anyways, I wanted to share that with y'all. And uh, if you guys have some, you know, want a distraction, uh, check out Alone and, and maybe look at it through the... <clears throat> Through the lens of addiction. It's great that you get a reminder from a TV show. Instead yeah. Of, instead of having to live it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I like that. That's a big upgrade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can feel for it in your luxurious, on your luxurious couch and shit. Right. <laughs> instead of sleeping. We parked, we pulled up yesterday. We went to the city to see a friend. And we pulled up and what we pulled, you know, and it's hard to find parking in a lot of areas in San Fran. So we pull up and we pulled up to a curb and there was a row of tents and there was a person's life right at the passenger door. So all you needed to do was roll the window down and you could hear someone's life in the tent. Yeah. 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 So, and it's just... It's crazy. Well, another another crazy thing is I don't know if anybody else has had this experience, but I think it's pretty common when you're when you're paranoid and you're on like speed or am amphetamines or or uppers of any kind, but you start to live your life like it starts to feel like you're in a TV show. And that whole feeling of being the star of your own show, that's to that's self like totally yeah. indwelled. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, that's yeah. one of the final stages of disassociation. Sure. I was in that for years where you're watching yourself as if you're a, a character in a TV show that you wrote. Yeah. 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 Yes. And you were glorifying in your incredible importance and significance, all manufactured in the head, completely Man. disassociated from actually what was going on. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. I, I probably stayed, I hovered in that condition for years. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, how how long does it take some of us to, to to lose that? I mean, I know people that are in the program now that are living their life as if they're their, their own author. You know, this, there's a there's kind of a buzzword in self-help, which is like, uh, you know, authorship or authorship of your own life or write your own life as if it were a novel. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have a ghostwriter. <laughs> You're going to be thinking you've been writing your own story, but a ghostwriter will be doing it. <laughs> You're going, hey, I didn't write this scene in. <laughs> you, by the time you're in page 34, you're lost. Yeah. Here's the dilemma of powerlessness. Your script doesn't be, isn't being read by the characters. <laughs> Something else is going on. Uh, yeah, you like, don't even you don't even know it's you until you see the tombstone at the end. You're like, wait, this was about me? It can be so late, yeah. <laughs> I yes. It's, uh, uh, yes. Yeah. The head is uh it's fond of ideation, you know? So it hasn't an idol of us and uh 
you know, to keep reinforcing the idea that we're that, it has to obsess quite a lot. So people really suffer from a lot of obsession. But that obsession has a purpose in the head, which is to reinforce the identification. Yeah. So because there isn't really any glue or real bond to self, the bondage mm. of self doesn't have any adhesive. It's just a sleight of hand. It says you already are, but you could pull off at any second. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's basically has to keep reinforcing this magic glue which doesn't have any real adhesion so mm -hmm. it's yapping constantly that we are a previous historical fact you are that which we write about and we yes oh it's amazing and then that aloneness you know that's the one of the aspects of addiction mm -hmm. and alcoholism is that clinical aloneness yes mm -hmm. you're isolated in your own little private idaho and you end up being alone and right yeah which uh yeah yeah i mean i am so gloriously happy uh that slavery demanded so much mm -hmm. and 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 the extortion, you were losing so much in each bargain. Each bargain you had to do, have it with the devil, you would lose a whole lot more. Yeah? And it's um, the amount, the amazing aspect of just ordinary relief from all that shit is mind-boggling. If you could package it, it would be a high-level vacation. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I mean, people would spend $200,000 to have this relief. Yeah. Now it's taken ordinarily here by the head because the head does that. Yeah. The head does not appreciate miracles. It forgets them quickly. Yeah. It remembers seeming slights for 50 years. It's got a completely different extreme bias. Mm -hmm. And it's not, doesn't have, it's a failed system. It is. This is what a failed system show you. It's failed. And hasn't it failed in your life and my life? Yes. Terribly. Yeah. So, yeah, recovery. Recovery from all that and the recovery of what's in all that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the, 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 the treasures of the self are hidden in the past. That's why we need to do the inventory and the amends. Yeah. A lot of our life force is captured in the past. It is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is about that retrieval and the recovery and the reapplication of what we thought was lost. Because it never was. Yes. Yeah. We're worried. We're thinking an infinite supply of grace is a finite supply. It isn't. Hmm an infinite supply no matter how much you've lost it hasn't changed the infinite quality of it yes so you haven't lost anything you haven't what you what we need to lose is these old fucking ideas and these beliefs as jesus says as you believe so it is in your subjective experience that applies in how jacob or how you and then through the filter of Jacob is interpreting life is so it is. It's as you believe in Jacob, so it is. Yeah. So there's a movie being projected and you perceive it to be a real event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as you believe, so it is. And in this case, I don't believe anymore. So it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> i just don't i don't believe that i was the doer of that behavior i Amen. don't believe the doer of the behavior right now tell you the truth i just don't i think if if i was comatose and out to lunch my bodily functions would continue uh -huh. things would be happening without me even being there yeah, yeah. And i think that's that's the case for a whole lot more than we admit in our little storyline, yeah. Oh yeah. All right, Jacob. We're going to go on to my Finnish friend. Let's yes. Go to Thank you, Paul. Michael. Thanks, Michael. Nice Thank you, Jacob, and congratulations on your four years. Next up, we have yeah. Mika. 
Four years. Woo-hoo. That'll be next month. But yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. All right. Hey, I've been feeling like I want to say something to communicate and also because I usually have this feeling that I need to do something more to free myself and haven't been sure what to say, but I'm just going to say what's been on uh, consciousness now, which is actually, I guess, um, pretty like, deeply related to all this, which is, um, well, um, of course, I've done a bunch of like self-work, like meditations and therapies and so on, like I guess all of us. And it's um, well, the one thing it's made me like more aware of the inner workings, like I've become more aware of where it comes from, like from some childhood experiences, these beliefs that I need to, um, you know, to take care of myself. So I need to be alert. I need to, um, <clears throat> you know, survive by myself. And, and, and I think this, and later on has more stuff has piled up on it, like beliefs that I need to free myself um, from this inner stress and I need to let go. I need to surrender. And I notice there's a kind of strange paradox there. Mm. Yes. This case is just the surrendering of that idea that you need to surrender, really. Yes? Yeah. Because I believe the first report we get we hear from life is not our report. Yeah. Something is interpreting our life and then feeding it to us or talking to us. So I question that. Yeah. So I question the sense that I have to protect myself and do this and do that. And if I don't, these kind of effects are going to happen. I don't see that there's that person. Uh, yeah, I just don't see there's me there. That's all. I see a head talking about itself as me. Yeah. I feel like it's having a conversation with itself in my little theater. Yeah. And uh, I don't see it as me and I don't see it's talking to me. It's just talking. Yeah. So certain things were necessary when they were necessary. They may not be necessary now. Yeah. Certain things when, you know, like, like fruit on a tree, when the fruit gets ripe, it usually gets closer to the ground because the weight of it pulls it down. So then that signal you pick the fruit, yeah? But then most of the year, there's no fruit in the tree. So you're chilling out, doing whatever, and then, okay, it's time to pick fruit. You wait to see the things drop, and then you pick the fruit, yeah? So to me, at this age of my life, I don't have much to do, <laughs> literally. And the appropriate thing is not to do much, yeah? It's just the way it is. Now, before, I may have been dragging my feet in life and shit like that, but that doesn't matter. What am I responding to is not the before. I'm responding to now. And now it's pretty fucking uh, cushy or relaxed. Yeah. Now, terrible news may occur to me tomorrow, but I'll still be in the good news of today right now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I think, is a beautiful quality to actually be here now, I don't think it's an effort. I think it's a fact. I think the head is efforted not to admit that fact that we are being here now at all times. And I think I just gave up the ghost of a lot of shit. Yeah. So what used to be difficult to establish is easily lived from. I'm just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so 
We're an audience, you know, Mika, Mika, in a sense. Awareness is like an audience. So awareness is always listening, obviously. Yeah. There's an onness that's awareness is aware of. That's its basic nature. It isn't like something it does. It's its nature to be aware of, whatever that may be. Yeah. So there's an awareness of a lot of stuff. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that I haven't brought to be aware of is not of me. I don't know what me is of, but I know it's not of me. Yeah. <laughs> and having a clear uh, recognition of that has allowed not only the possibility of enjoying peace of mind, but having a lot of time in peace of mind yeah yeah so um, did it stop all that yapping to itself no it doesn't but it's sort of it's importance instead of being the whole zoom screen with 30 of us in it see could you imagine if the whole zoom screen each squared had you in it and so you were talking to you and sharing about you to another you. <laughs> yeah, that would be sort of like the, the self-centered, self-obsession thing. Now there's one square with the story of Paul going on. And then there's a lot of other stories. And then there's the sense of the space of the larger square that all the little squares are in. Yeah. To me, that's a panoramic view and that's quite different than the previous myopic view, seeing from one square and seeing that which is in the one square in all the squares. I'm now seeing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did I do a work at that? No, I didn't. Did I live certain ways? Maybe, probably. And did something produce this effect that, and, and was that producing of that effect done by thought and effort? No, it wasn't. I've just observed it and came and have come to know it, yeah, because of its appearing, yeah? And what I thought it was going to be is nothing like how it appears to be, yeah? Which, once again, reinforces the bullshit of the head. <laughs> yeah? So this goes on all day. Yeah. So I'm happy you're here and I'm happy you shared, bro. Welcome to zenbitchslap.com. Yeah. Yeah. And it is paradoxical because uh, you're fucked one way or the other, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. You go this way, that way. So this is no way, so to speak, in a way. Yeah. No way disguised in the way of recovery. Yeah. It's pretty good. So thanks. I don't know if we, we didn't have a question anyway, right? We just shared. Yeah, yeah, great. Pleasure to see you, my friend. I've only met two Finns and I've liked both of them, you and this other guy. So that's nice. That's enough to have me go to Finland. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> All I need to meet is two nice Finns. I'm going to Finland. I have a very high opinion of Finland, I think. Yeah. All right, so anyone else? No, uh, thank you, Mika. No, no other hands up at this time, Paul. All right, so let's just start saying goodbye and stuff. All Michael right. Stacey, thank you for jumping in as always. Yeah, yeah. just a reminder to everyone, Paul, that you won't be here. Uh, you start your oh, yeah. Yeah, thank next you. week, uh, the whole schedule is changing next week. So it'll be put, in, it'll be put up on the site on the event page, but we won't be here... Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays for a few weeks because we're going to be in Italy doing a, a retreat there for a week and then just hanging out for a couple weeks. So, yeah, next week the schedule changes. Saturday is on and we're going to do Saturday, I think, throughout the weeks we're away. Saturday, one o'clock meeting. But the Tuesdays, Thursdays are pretty much out, I think, right now. 
unless we can fit, put some in. So we'll we'll put updates on the website. If you don't mind going there, you'll we'll let you know what we're going to do when we're there. But as of right now, next week, there's no Tuesday or Thursday day meetings. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, we'll just be arriving in Tuesday into Italy. And I, we got a lot of stuff to do with the, the family and stuff, Amelia's family. All right. Yeah. So you don't know an Italian dinner is a, is a, it's like a retreat almost. Yeah. A couple of hours. and Yeah. All right. So, okay. Hey, can you adopt us? Can I adopt you? Yeah. That way we could join you and have that big feast. Oh yeah. Well, you're, you're already adopted, bro. Don't <laughs> worry. Yeah. You're already adopted. Where I go, you go, bro. There Don't we worry. are. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> We've shared an intimate uh, unity here at the Zoom for years. We have. We have been as if we're one, haven't we? Yeah. Yes. So you're just as big a part of that as I am and Kurt is and Roman is and everyone else. This is a making, not of our own making, but we've been used for something to make something. You can feel it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're more. Thanks, yeah. Just being a part is the whole. Being a part is the whole of it. Yeah. 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 The whole takes a role and it appears as a part, but being a part is the whole of it. Yeah. My feeling. So I felt almost exactly the same presence. It has been. Every freaking day I've come to this, these talks for years now. It's exact. It's the most familiar feeling the I am in life. Yeah. If you can get over calling it Paul or realize you're not that which is calling it Paul, the most familiar feeling is the presence of I am. Yeah. It's where it's, it's the foundation of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I get a sense of it strongly when we do these platforms. So for years now, the same exact sense has been reverberating in almost the exact same way. Yeah. Now it reverberates, but it usually in a lot of different ways, but we've been doing the same Zoom for years, the same format, and therefore you can see it in time in a different way. Man, there's a presence that gets promoted yeah it's cool yeah and you and we're available now that's the beauty of it we've always been available but we didn't think so and there was so much faith in the didn't think so we act as if as if that was so but that's just can be blown away like fucking imaginary dust on something yes yeah yeah One thing, man, what's called Steve, the real Steve is always here at all times, right where you are, awake, asleep, you're here completely, yeah? Oh, I don't think so. I don't feel like that. It doesn't fucking matter. Those are interpretations that are, been, are meant to mislead. That's all they are. They're just interpretations meant to mislead, to have the emphasis put on things instead of rest, realizing the emphasis is of no thing. Yes. It's the way it goes. You can live through that. It doesn't make, it doesn't change anything. It's like scratching on a fucking, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever came in here has not been dirtied by here. When it departs, it's going to be in the same pristine condition that it's always been. Yeah? There's no going to be dense. It's not like a fucking used car. Not going to have a smell inside. It's none of that. Yeah? 
So if you're hell bent on making yourself wrong, see that which is doing that isn't you. And you'll lose interest in that. You will. You lose interest in that which says it hates itself. And you won't be the you won't be at the effect of that hate. You won't. Yeah. You'll lose interest in it. That's the key. Yeah. That which is reacting to self is self. That which is seeing the reaction to self as self is what we are. We are the awareness that allows you to see the first appearance of self and also see the second appearance of self. And if there was 800,000 appearances of self, you would still be able to see that because you are before it all. And your nature is of awareness. Yeah. That's your nature, not a quality or an ability. It's the nature. Yeah. So you can become aware of what you're not and bring that shit to step six and seven and have the energy that's sort of been frozen in that little ice cube of you thaw down. So let that water of life fucking run through your dry creek, so to speak. Yes. It'll bring back all the fucking foliage and everything. All it needs is some water. Yeah. The head is playing the role of a dam. Yeah. Lose interest in that. The water comes. Yeah. Seriously. Are you, don't you feel fed now? I feel fed doing nothing. I was, I used to feel starved doing tons of shit. I feel fed doing nothing. The water, something's flowing into this event. Yeah. There's no spigot. It's its nature. I don't have to earn it. This is not a meritocracy. Lose your, lose your great belief in your own opinions. And that's the beginning of cherishing the truth, as they would say in the faith mind, in Zen. Yeah? You don't have to find the truth. Just lose interest. Just stop cherishing your own opinions. That's what they're advice was yeah in other words forget about looking for the truth you just fucking lose interest in you the one that's looking for the truth <laughs> so all right again i'm going to keep saying thank you jacob and mika and kurt nice to see you andrew keith mark fortin nice to see mark dropping in we got mia Mia, you're still in the country, San Diego? Yeah, I leave on Sunday. So. Oh, on Sunday. All right. Yeah. Thank you. That was beautiful. Yeah. Welcome, honey. Joseph, nice to see Joseph, Al, Vegas, Roman. Now, look at how good Al's. I We adopted Al, Vegas, a couple of years ago. We did the paperwork and everything. Zen Bitch Slap ad adopted Al, and look at how well he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Roman, nice to see you. I'm not even letting Al say anything. Suzanne, nice to see you. Hon, you all well? All's well? All right, good. Keith, Kurt Zimmerman, yes, my main dude in Redondo. Yeah. Steve, nice to see you, my friend. Yeah. Joseph, Sturgis, nice iPhone, Crispy in Mammoth Lakes, Cassandra. Cassandra's back east, I think. Pretty sure, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm in Georgia. Georgia. Wow, that's back, way back east. Way oh. back east. That's in the depths of east. Oh. Yeah, the depths of the south. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris, Christine in Kona, nice to see you. Rob in Kentucky, as always, Fletch. Uh, we've got Alex on the phone. Mm -hmm. I think we caught every. Oh, Joseph Lebowski, nice to see Lebowski prone. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm here, Paul. Mickey, yes, nice <laughs> to see you, honey. The matriarch, yes. Greg in Minneapolis, nice to see Greg. John in Florida. Again, Michael, Stacy, thanks for all the help, Mike. Um, yeah, I'll see you guys Saturday, I hope. And uh, again, make sure you take a look at the event page and it'll be all in print. Uh, and then we'll have updates because we will do some stuff from Italy, but I don't know exactly which ones yet. All right. All right. Thank you.